Everybody likes to invest 5K and make 1 million, okay? You can have that one-time luck. Uh, like if you buy at 0.001 Bitcoin 5K and now you resell it or whatever. But that comes maybe, maybe for one person on 1 million once in a life. New traders have to learn that money is not easy. You have to suffer a bit to become a good trader. You have to empower yourself with knowledge and you can be lucky one or two times to get, you know, the good call, the good alert, but trading doesn't work like that. Following alerts without knowing what you're risking, what you're going to do really seems like you're not a trader, but you're more like a follower. Many traders want to make, you know, money so fast. Easy money doesn't belong to trading. That can be a one-time investment that goes lucky. Uh, so for me, it was like, you know, a big damage of my self-esteem, but I had to be humble. Uh, I had to learn again. I had to find mentors. I had to find a way that I could find other strategies. Welcome to the AlphaMind Podcast, where we seek to explore, examine, and illuminate the mental, emotional, and behavioral aspects of trading and investing. The AlphaMind Podcast is co-hosted by Stephen Goldstein and Mark Randall. Today's guest is Joseph Gasparoni, also known as Jay Trader, who lives in the tiny principality of San Marino in Italy. Jay has been a trader for over 20 years and also runs a training, mentorship and chat room service. It was the educational element as well as his experience as a trader which attracted us to talk to Jay. Trading education has exploded with a huge recent growth in retail trading. Sadly, this has attracted many dubious educational services into a highly unregulated space. What attracted us to Joseph was hearing from many people who he valued about him and his service and the quality of the service he provides. It is rare in a day and age to hear so many people talk about someone in terms of having a good quality reputation in the area of trading education. Before we go into the podcast, we would like to talk about the educational services offered by our podcast sponsor, the Society of Technical Analysts, the STA. Analytical capabilities and understanding price action are key components of a successful trading process. The quality of your abilities in this area can be a major contributor to your success. The STA offers some of the world's premier education programs in this area, in particular the Home Study Course, which is an online version of their diploma program that is delivered at the world-famous London School of Economics. Alpha Mind is delighted to be currently offering a £100 pounds or local currency equivalent discount off the full cost of the home study course and home study course diploma package. To find out how to take advantage of this offer, visit the AlphaMind blog page by googling AlphaMind blog or by putting alphamindblog.blogspot.com into your browser and then go into the page link STA home study course. Now, on with this week's podcast. Our guest today is goes by the moniker J Trader. He's a trader from San Marino a small principality in Italy. He runs a chat room. He runs a mentoring program. He trades for himself, of course, as well, and has done for many years. And we're going to talk to him today to hear his views about trading education, use of chat rooms, and about trading in general with some of his own perspectives. So, Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, everybody. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you, traders. Great. Um, maybe you could tell our audience uh, a little bit about you, about how you started out in trading, your background in trading, uh, and your journey to where you are now. Yes. So uh, like 
I don't know, like every little small poor boy, because my family was not like uh, wealthy at that time. I always had like in mind, you know, to to give something to to have something better in my life. So to to make money, basically, this is the, the goal. And when I was small, I remember this uh, this episode. Uh, the cousin of my mother, he's from New York. He's uh, he was one of the uh, main traders for the Morgan Trust, and uh, he brought me when he came over here in Italy to Rome. Uh, I started like buying everything, best hotels, best food, and I was like, you know, I remain. I was think like ten years old, twelve years old. I remain like shocked because how wealthy he was. And then each corner that we were going around in Rome used to stop. This was back in the 90s. I'm from 1981. He used to stop in front of the, the banks to see the thicker, okay? And he used to say to my father and mother, uh, why don't you invest in stock market? Uh, are you not like uh, buying uh, whatever? And uh, my parents said, no, because in Italy, it was totally different. Then when I started being uh, 17, 18, as some uh, friends uh, older than me, uh, they were like not professional traders, but they were investing. And one day a guy came and said, oh, I make like, um, I don't know, like a, a little fortune. So I started getting interested. And then I started remembering uh, my, uh, the, the, the cousin of my mom. Uh, and uh, when I was like 18, I started like to save money, work a summer, put away like I would say, we had lira, so I would put away like the actual 3,000, uh, 3K. Uh, I remember I was so, you know, motivated. I want to make money. I want to be I'm good. Well, after one month, I remember I lost everything, 30, 40 days. So at that time, I, I said, okay, this won't work. So I need to study. I need to find some good education. I need to, to work uh, hard to, to get this. And I started, like, uh, I, I reopened another account, uh, was trading uh, U.S. Uh, stocks, but mostly Italian stocks, uh, Italian cover warrants, and, uh, and from there I started. That was 2000, 2001. It was the uh, Nuovo Mercato, so it was like the tech uh, bubble that we had in uh, Italy for those years. Then around 2002, they, they stopped, like... Um, like being so so traded, but that was a good time because uh, when I started the first the first earnings were like maybe fifty. We were changing from lira to euro, so let's say fifty euro. After six months, I was doing like uh, trades of already two thousand euro, like profit, and uh, I started to participate to seminars all over Italy. Uh, I started to be uh, called as a guest to some uh, meetings. Uh, I was working at the time with uh, Twice in Trade of Italy. Uh, they're like uh, just attached to Piazza Fari in Milan. And uh, my director was Michele Pertile, which now I think is like one of the big shots of another important bank. But basically, I remember that was a very good time for me. I was very lucky uh, because I found a strategy that worked work for that market. So we were looking for imbalance in the stocks and Italian equities. And then we were buying the underlying cover warrant. So imagine cover warrant is like options, but they're not like, uh, 
uh, issued by the SEC or the, the, the Wall Street. They are issued by the banks, the firms. So you have Societe General, Unicredit, Dresdner, and, and so on, Citibank. So they decide the price they want to pay uh, for the cover warrants. Let's say your stock moves 5% and a normal option would move like 50%. So the cover warrant could move maybe 200%. Or when they saw that you had too much liquidity on so that you were going to take too much profit, they would maybe pay you like 10% only or even put you in a loss. And they used to come out and say, oh, we cut the volatility, we move the delta and so on. And these, uh, this was unethical, was illegal, but they could do it because consul in Italy couldn't do anything. And more than one time, we made complaint where the newspaper, I even wrote an article on this with our director that used to make pressure to those firms to come out like fair price. So this was the environment we were like forced to trade. Uh, sure, it was very remunerative. Uh, we had big profits. Uh, but they stopped, uh, I would say, we discovered Warren's uh, story 2002-2003. Was it sort of taking risk and holding it? No, it was a scalping. I was trading. I still have all my, uh, I would say, my execution and everything. I was trading for a few minutes. Uh, besides when the market maker uh, used to go away from, really from the book, which was illegal, and often we were waiting like even hours or after hours, you know, for the price to come back. Trades were not lasting more than five, 10 minutes. And I was doing like maybe 40, 50 trades in a day. Uh, each time, that's how I grew my account. Each time I was entering like 100% of my position in a single trade, one trade at a time. Because my system, how I planned was like a mechanical system, like a trading system even if it was not automated, but I was doing like in a very different way, uh, was giving me like 99% win rate. So my curve was a very, uh, I would say, aggressive. My, curve, my profit curve was very aggressive. Even the risk was limited because I was working always one to make four or five return each trade. Just for the audience listening, it's always useful to, I suppose, compare this style to more of a sort of maybe a prop or a directional style in terms of scalping because when scalping when you're scalping you do have a very high return rate generally of wins to losses but when the losses come along they're usually much bigger than the, the wins and obviously the idea is to make sure that you balance that out that the aggregate is always significantly bigger then the occasional losses when they come along. How, how was it when you suffered those losses or setbacks? How did you manage that? I would say very good because, uh, uh, as I said, the system were working with a high win rate. Uh, and so all my losses in that, in that time were not bigger than a usual win. So I didn't have those big losses. Losses started to come when this finished. So for another like two or three months, I continued to trade um, uh, covert warrants. And let's say they used to have, I don't know, they, they should have paid maybe like, maybe let's say 10K. Maybe they were like giving me a loss of 5K. So they came, became really untradeable. 
And that moment, I feel like starting to be pissed. I started to feel like uh, angry. I started to feel like uh, not demotivated, but like I said, I cannot pass from making 5K every single day of my life now to do nothing and lose what I'm going to do. So I became to I became anxious. Uh, I started to have like, uh, I would say, insomnia, uh, high blood pressure rate, and I never suffer for it. And this gave me gave me panic attacks uh, because I was like, you know, successful, profitable trader. Everybody in my small country knew what I was going to do, was what I was doing. Everybody was asking me to invest money. Banks used to call me and offer me jobs. And I didn't want all this. I wanted to work for myself. But at the, at the same time, I was like scared, not what I'm going to do. And I remember that I had to, to wait a second, save my money, had uh, the, I would say, the mind to invest my profits in uh, tangible stuff like lands, apartments, so real estate. And at the same time, I started to study more the, the future market, the U.S. equities, uh, and start from small. So I was around 23, 24, 25, uh, 2003, 2004, 2005. So imagine yourself um, that every day uh, you're able to make a certain sum of money. And the next day you are a complete beginner making, again, 50 bucks per day when you're lucky. Uh, so for me, it was like, you know, like a big damage of my self-esteem. But I had to be humble. Uh, I had to learn again. I had to find mentors. I had to find a way that I could find another strategy, another system that could give me that high win rate. Uh, and that's how I, I became, like I would say, uh, interested in the American market and in the futures market. Kind of what I'm hearing is there was a loophole in the, in the way warrants worked. You discovered that very early in your career and you took advantage of it and it seemed like manna from heaven you had something which was working very often very regularly and gave you a really great risk reward that, that's not an uncommon story i'm sure you're familiar with the chat with traders podcast and um tom dante told his story on uh, on chat with traders and he did something similar early in his career when he was making a lot of money with a loophole in one of the markets he was trading and then that loophole was closed as soon as the market makers discovered it. And then he suddenly found that he wasn't able to make money anymore. And, and you know, what do you do? You know, you spend a lot of effort and energy. And I, the point is that you always kind of have to go through a relearning. And quite often traders have to relearn many times in their career. That's true. You have to evolve like a, as a trader. I mean, uh, just looking at the small cap U.S. equities, um, and I trade small caps uh, in a very profit way since uh, three years, because before I was doing only option big caps and futures, um, three, four years. I would say that the volume that we're having right now in the last six months, comparing to 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, is simply something incredible. I mean, I never saw like uh, stocks in pre-market trading 200 million volume in pre-market before 9.30, or like even this morning right now where we were talking, where's Lizzie, JG, Lakes, up from two bucks till nine, from four bucks till 9.50 in about of one hour of uh, two hours. 
So this market crazy, and this is very, very dangerous because we'll invite everybody out there to invest money, you know, like uh, Wall Street bets, like the, the new millennials. I like that new traders are there on the corner. I like that new traders are trading, but new traders have to learn that money is not easy. You have to suffer a bit to become a good trader. Uh, you have to empower yourself with knowledge and you can be lucky one or two times to get, you know, the good call, the good alert, but trading doesn't work like that. Following alerts without knowing what you're risking, what you're going to do really seems like you're not a trader, but you're more like a follower. And that's the first, I would say the first uh, way how to destroy your account. You have to suffer a bit to be a trader. I think that's probably an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe sometimes even more than a bit. I mean, uh, even yesterday I was talking with uh, some good traders, really some good traders that made six figures last year, uh, traders that can do uh, 5, 10K in a day profit. And they had big hits uh, yesterday because uh, they didn't respect, for example, their dollar risk. They were a little bit stubborn. They went against the rules. They started trading, 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 and, and for not maybe accepting uh, a normal loss, like one or two R or like a normal average uh, green day, they lost like five, six, ten times more. So it happens any time uh, of our career. You can be a beginner. You can have like 50 years experience. Everybody has losses. Is The important thing is to limit those days, to limit those big losses. That's make the really the difference. So it's interesting you say that after last week's podcast, which we did with Tom Camfield, which um, I advise anyone listening to this to go back and uh, and listen to. It's it's an exceptional interview. And it followed a tweet um, Tom put on his Twitter feed on the 1st of January when he revealed that after nearly 20 years in this industry, in 20 years of making money solidly every single month, that he suddenly dropped half a million dollars in about a 10 minute space on one trade. And it was the most almighty of hammer blows for him. And, uh, and he had to deal with it and it took a long time to deal with it. You know, the best part of 18 months for him to really get back into a cycle of making money again, because it starts another negative cycle when these things happen. And it really emphasizes that point that, Actually, we go through lots of iterations and lots of different stages of growth. We have to adapt to different situations, different markets, market shocks, which sometimes the longer we've been into a career, sometimes the more devastating they can be. Because you become like too convinced on your like maybe on your strategy or on your bias, uh, because like you have maybe the stats behind you that they tell you're profitable in this environment, like in the long run. So sometimes you can add to a losing position because you don't want to have like a bad loss. And this will further move to a, a much bigger loss, even a blow up. Um, for me is the most important thing in my life that I, that I feel for me was evolving as a trader. So moving where's the, the flow, where's the money to be made. 
This can be, for example, three months ago in uh, small caps or last year being always short in small caps. So each gap, I was waiting the right moment to attack because small cap companies, maybe they have even an offering on, they have no earnings, uh, no revenue, sorry. Uh, they have no institutional ownership. So really nobody gives a damn to own a long time as firms. What are you going to do? On a fluff news, on a recycle news, you're going to shorten. This market is totally different. So 80% of my trades right now in the last three months have been longs. And each time I try not to buy breakouts because I see how many times the big hands fake out the, the, the big traders and I start buying dips. Uh, so like uh, on, on certain patterns. So I, I look... I test, I back test what's working, what's not working. If my targets are hit, I have to revisit if they're not hit. So let's say that I'm shorting. Each time I was shorting these uh, small caps, uh, seems strange, but a 200 exponential moving average was hit on a five-minute chart. Each time, like 88% of, of my trades. Right now, it's about 50%. So I need to move... Uh, to a better target that is it more often so that I have a little bit more conviction. This means like reducing my um, risk-reward ratio and my, I would say, my R of return. And I had to look what can give me a better way to maximize my profits. So this was like turning from being mostly shorts, even if I started always, I was been a, a long trader, to a, a long bias trader. Um, and, and, and this is the actual market. I mean, like last night we had AACG, Steven, and move like uh, from four up to almost 20 in about three hours. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, they talk so much about AMC and GME. I talk about all the small caps like uh, JG this morning from four to 950. I mean, these things happen every single day. Just things were brought to attention because they, they put it on the CNBC. Okay, it's. I mean, it is amazing, and uh, you know, the, the the GameStop, you know, really brought this to my attention. I mean, I, if I'm honest, I'm not as familiar with the the equities world, and particularly the small cap equities world, because my background as a trader was always in macro, so I was always involved in foreign exchange. I was always involved in rates, but um, I, I do coach a lot of clients who are from the uh, the equities world, and you know, the, the actual product they trade isn't that relevant to my coaching because I work on the person rather than the system and the technique they use. And, you know, but I have become more familiar with it over the past few years. But, you know, really the GameStop story was the one that really brought this sort of thing into the open. And it really highlights the rise of the retail trader, you know, over the past few years. And there's, you know, there's literally millions of people getting attracted i mean i don't know what the numbers are but you know over the last year people on lockdown working from home you know some money's been handed out it is it is one of these fads at the moment or crazes which we periodically get every generation which attracts new people to the market when i first started in the market back in the mid 1980s and uh you know, just giving away my age slightly, you know, we had a craze in penny stocks in the UK. You know, the markets had just been deregulated and opened. 
and we were getting uh you know we didn't have mobile phones or you know the internet so we were getting faxes sent to us <laughs> of the latest <laughs> recommendations of penny stocks and they would double or triple in a day you know similar to what's happening now and you would buy them quickly and sell them out and we didn't know what we were doing you know we, we, we didn't have a clue and, and we could in those days we could buy them without actually outlaying any money because if you did them in a a two-week settlement period for the accounts you'd buy them and sell them before the end of the period and book a load of profit which would just be sent to you as a check and mm -hmm. you know it was great fun for a couple of years and then it all came crashing down on the uh 18th of october 1987 when the stock market crashed 50 percent in one day and when you were phoning up your broker to uh, get shout get me out no one was picking up the phone so you couldn't get out of these trades and you know young young kids in our early 20s who had made thousands and i had friends who had bought cars and you know uh, lots of things you know that were new to them suddenly found that they were in enormous debt because no one was picking up the phone um and then the same story repeated 15 to 20 years later with a dot com dot com craze and then the dot com crash and uh, you heard many people saying the same story and, and now we're in another kind of feels like a fad element of um mid cap stops small cap stops um the way it's being played out and of course we've had the wolf of wall street situations in that time you know the pump and dump scheme sort of in between which became common but what, what's happened what's really changed is the ease of access to the market and the ease of access to a broken account um, and, and the, lure, the lure of this to many people who have got suddenly a lot of money, very young, that's come their way. Some people have got money yeah. from student loans that they're putting in there. Uh, I mean, uh, first of all, I see it every day for, for the traders that, that jump in in the room and they, they stay only maybe one month because they think in one month they will learn. Uh, in one month, you will start learning the strategy, but to become a trader, there's a long path. Uh, but I see that first we have uh, so easy access to a broker. How many brokers right now, even zero fees, you know, you can open an account in five minutes and they just like uh, make so much, so much publicity around whatever you trade, Forex, whatever you trade, uh, uh, Forex, whatever you trade, uh, futures, whatever you trade stocks. And the other thing is that I see a lot of new millennials. Uh, maybe they don't have a job. Maybe they're going to school or things like that. Uh, they, simply, um, they simply try to make that fortune uh, investing 5K, 10K in the market, but without any clue. So it's uh, it become too, too much widespread, uh, but without that knowledge. So it's not that... Uh, we talk so much about stock market that everybody has some knowledge how to uh, trade, how to buy, how to sell with a precise strategy. Everybody's like following the mass, is following the flow, is following who's giving alert, uh, is following, I would say, certain gurus. Uh, is this pain in the long run? I never saw that this paid in the long run. So unless somebody becomes conscious and start like really taking... Uh, serious action and work on himself he won't make it everybody likes to invest 5k and make 1 million 
okay you can have that one-time luck uh like if you buy at 0.001 bitcoin 5k and now you resell it or whatever <laughs> but that comes maybe maybe for one person on one million once in a lifetime maybe like a lottery ticket yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but it's you know you can't rely on that and it's interesting because many of the most successful traders um with long-term careers they, they often started again with that kind of misguided sense uh, and, and i use the word misguided um in its real in its real meaning that you know we're all misguided when we start we don't know what we're going into it feels easy and we think we're you know we think we're traders um and i speak i think for pretty much everyone there um, and we think this is easy and a lot of the as we say the most successful people had those experiences at the very beginning then it usually went very quickly wrong for them they realized damn i gotta learn how to do this properly and and that's the challenge it's almost like the second wind wind or in some cases the third fourth or even fifth wind you know um one of the best stories in the uh market wizards books is of michael marcus who i think failed three or four times before he finally uh started to learn how to do it and then became one of the uh, the most successful traders of his time uh so it, you know that that is the challenge how to learn to become a trader now you're you're a mentor you're working with lots of young traders you run mentorship programs you run a chat room if you were starting now and with the benefit of all your experience in the market how would you tackle this problem this issue or what advice would you recommend to people early in their career first um i would find a good mentor uh whatever and choose the mentor according to your uh trading style uh second thing i would uh not trade right away real money i would start trading a paper account uh, there are so many now uh to make practice while you're studying it's true that this will give you a feel of the real market in terms of uh, emotions discipline and risk management but at least you'll learn first a strategy and don't bleed out your money let's say you have a, a small a small capital then i will start to trade small under the vision of a mentor this means small size like taking five shares of tesla or taking uh, 30 shares of apple or even less and see if you can become um, consistent and have conviction in your trading the conviction comes uh, totally with experience totally with taking good trades and repeating them and be able to observe the market and understand when the market is changing. Then, little by little, I will build a risk management plan so that every goal that you meet, uh, like, um, for example, 5K, 5K, 5K profit, you will add always a little bit more size. The most important thing that I tell always is to set a daily max risk with your broker. Uh, because there can be that one time that you blow up and also to put always hard stop losses sometimes in a in a fast uh, market environment you will put limit stop loss orders they won't get filled let's say on a squeeze so it's true that the uh, stop market order will give you some wiggle room but at least you will be safe and you will get filled at least almost always so that for me are the first two requirements to protect young traders so uh this is for me how should be uh built a path and i can tell you by experience mentoring 
many successful traders, even um, five traders, almost six now, if this guy will be hard, by traders who now went to work for firms and prop firms being mentored by me. I'm pretty uh, proud of this. Um, I always tell what a trader has to do. I show what a trader has to do. I guide them, but then the work must be done by the trader. For example, uh, we're talking with uh, Kyle DC. He's uh, one great trader. He's a successful uh, uh, trader in my room, a successful entrepreneur from the States. And when he started, uh, he had no clue what he was doing. He thought that in the beginning, I used to uh, give him the plan, he used to execute, and everything would be th that. No, it cost him like uh, hard work, sacrifice. It cost him like staying with me to review and backtest his setup. Uh, to find his niche and improving little by little. Even when you will do good, still there will be days that you do very bad. So you need how to recover from those days. You need uh, a support really sometimes mentally that can make you stand back up from a bad loss or because bad loss will create a lack of motivation and a lack of confidence. Lack of confidence will, will mean that you will be scared to trade you will have bigger losses. You will chase a trade or you will miss the trade because you will have fear of uh, entering a trade. And uh, that's, the for me, what a real coach means, okay? It's like the, the what I was, saying before, I was saying before. If you are like a trader, compare yourself to a basketball player. So your coach uh, has to bring you to become the best of you. And there are many coaches so the same thing in trading. We will return to this week's podcast in a moment. Just a reminder about the Society of Technical Analysts who sponsors this podcast and their outstanding home study course. To find out more about the home study course and how you can get a 100 British pound or local currency equivalent discount, go onto the AlphaMind blog page and go to the page link STA Home Study Course at the top of the page. Now back to this week's podcast. What, what you said about mentors really stood out for me because I, I know from the people I've coached over the years and most of them are successful traders or on the journey to success, how important having a good mentor was at the beginning of their careers. And nearly everyone I know who's ever succeeded in any field almost has had the benefit of a good mentor early in their career. And I think it, it significantly improves your chances of success. And I remember reading an article a number of years ago, somebody who worked in a prop firm had done some research looking back over the percentage of successful traders in that firm over the years. And they'd had many hundreds go through their doors. And I think he worked out that about 4% of people who join the firm go on to achieve success. But those who had a mentor earlier in their career or paid for a mentor had close to 10% success chances. So if you think about it, it more than doubles your chances yeah. of success as a trader. And when you think what that what that is worth in terms of payoff compared to the cost of a mentor, it, it turns out to be a small fraction. Um, sure. And obviously, sure. not always, not every mentor is paid for, you know. But uh, you know, it's it's increasingly hard to find a mentor who you can use who's around you, especially if you're working from home. So the idea of the paid for mentor service is something that's grown over the past few years, and. and just to emphasize, I'm not a mentor, I'm a coach, which is slightly different. 
but you, you work as a mentor to traders, which is much more about working with teaching process, technique, system, giving them, giving them guidance as they go through the job. Um, so what is it, you know, that you feel people who avoid that, who don't go for the mentor thing, what is it that they're missing out in your opinion? Okay, so I can talk for, by my experience. So when I started, for example, in the cover warrants and Italian equities, I didn't have a mentor and it was very hard. I met some traders, uh, in particular a trader from uh, Cortina. He helped me. Uh, he was uh, twice as older than me. I was like 19. And he helped me, he gave me tools, but then I had like to discover my plan by myself. I was good. I was lucky. Uh, I made it. Uh, when I started like moving to the U.S. equities, mostly in the futures, I studied everything around. I bought every single book around. I invested so much money in courses. I went to do courses by big names. Uh, and in, in the starting of 2000, 2005, we don't have all these names that we have today. We don't have so many chat rooms. It was like, you know, the dark ages maybe. <laughs> But basically, you had big names like Larry Williams for the futures. You had Linda Rashke. You had like Larry Connors, Barry Rudd, Jeff Cooper. So I was studying all these traders, Oliver Vallets, and they taught me a lot. Um, but it was not like the mentoring that I, I was looking for. So at the end of the day, you are always by yourself uh, taking your decision. And there was some discretionary in the trading. Um, so when I'm starting now to do mentoring, I work with a trader on a daily basis and I gave the trader the tools, but I also gave him the trade, the answers that he needs to trade. So for example, my system, my strategy in all the aspects. So the trader knows exactly what he's going to do, how he's going to plan the trade, how he's going to get out the win rate, the stats, everything. So this, I think, is very important. Not everybody has the skills, unfortunately, to become a good trader. Uh, this depends from many factors, from your background, from your, uh, I would say, uh, from your life, from the time that you can dedicate yourself to become a trader. Some traders don't even want to become uh, traders full-time. Someone just to make an extra income. That's totally, like, understandable. So who wants maybe... Maybe you're like, a, I don't know, a policeman or a doctor or whatever. And you want to make that maybe extra cash and have them the month and the year. That's also good. But in order to become profitable, along, uh, I would say, on a long term, you need always to find some good approach that I believe only a good mentor can give you. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know... It, you, you made a few really good points there. And one of the things that struck me as you were talking was it's probably a lot easier if you come knowing nothing to working with a mentor rather than when yeah. you come having already done it. And, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about the very famous turtles experiment. Um, and the most famous one of those and the most successful turtle trader was uh, was Curtis Faith who of all of them knew the least he came to it not knowing anything and, and I, I remember reading the book and I think the 
the real concept there was the, the more you knew going into that program about trading and the more experience you had, generally the less successful you were trying to apply that method and trying to learn that method. Yes, because you have like already preconstituted like uh, mental blocks. So uh, it's like uh, a painting, you know, it's like if you have some genius inside, you give him the opportunity to express himself on the first time he gets on a sheet without knowing and having seen Picasso, Monet, Renoir and others. So you give your spirit, your imagination, your total like uh, chance to, to express yourself or in this case to be guided by a mentor which will teach you only your first ever time strategy. Uh, I see this because there are some traders that I coach come from, uh, I would say, non-profitable uh, scenarios and they have maybe a totally another way of trading uh, and they try to, to grab themselves to, uh, to do it to these, I would say, non-profitable techniques. So my point is always, okay, if you're not profit up till now and it was not part of risk management, but it's really part of the strategy, why are you still like, holding yourself into this strategy and not giving your mind a new opportunity to learn something more. So this, I think, is uh, is totally true what you're saying. Well, of course, the, the other side of it is that um, it, it takes a long time. Some strategies can be learned quite quickly, especially if you're coming to something with a clear head um, and you're not questioning everything and you're, you're accepting it, which, again, is, is actually one of the beauties of learning at a very young age. When, when you don't know what you don't know. Um, the, the other side of it is allowing time to learn and become good at something. So a lot of people yeah. want to become good at something very quickly. Um, trading is one of those things that's a highly skilled occupation. Now you can either learn a system which you can apply quite quickly or yeah. you can learn to develop yourself as a trader, um, which means you can probably you know, apply lots of different methods and systems over time. But that takes many years to learn. And, you know, I, I often use this example of, you know, if you want to become a professional athlete or a doctor or a, a lawyer, you know, it takes many, many years to become skilled enough to be able to do what you do at the top level. And trading is the same. It's a very skilled activity. And again, this is one of the other problems. I don't think people give themselves enough time to learn and enough chance to learn. You know, you, you need normally to keep some other uh, source of income going so you can buy that time to learn, or you need to have a lot of money behind you and, and to hold that in reserve whilst you're going through that learning process. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, um, too many traders want to make, you know, money so fast. Easy money doesn't belong to trading. That can be a one-time investment that goes lucky. Um, in my life, I learned to be patient. I mean, I studied uh, piano when I was small, like 12 years. Uh, and you cannot play piano good in uh, in the first six months. At least I'm not a genius like Arachmanimov or others. Um, you, I, I did... Um, uh, taekwondo for many years and to become like competitive you need a long time of exercise training and discipline and the same things is for for trading 
I mean, you can start like making trades, you can start earning money, but you, you to become like a millionaire trader or some very good skilled trader, it takes a lot of time. So I don't want to give ever the message that, you know, you get in a room, whatever that room is, and in one month you start make so much money because not like that, it doesn't work like that. And who tells you that is just like a fool or just one fool, fool your money. I like to be honest with traders and tell you, you want to make that money, you can make the money, but you have to work your ass off. Uh, so I've seen traders making six figures, seven figures uh, that I coach, but it took them a while. It took them hard work. It took them a lot of dedication. It took them putting on the side many things in their life. So uh, I want to refer to a friend. His name is Steve Aldrin. He's a former pilot and uh, he had a very tough life. Uh, he's now an active trader. He became a professional trader. I mentored him. He has one boy uh, that is... Um, is lucky still to be alive because uh, he has a genetic uh, syndrome and uh, he doesn't have, the doctors say, many years left. And he's taking care of him, waking up like four o'clock uh, every morning to, to follow him. Uh, his wife died for cancer. So he is himself in a lockdown with this kid, another child, and he's trading. Every morning he's there, he's helping others. Uh, he's like helpful, so very good spirit. And still finding time to do everything, uh, uh, concentrating himself and work, helping his kid and uh, the other kid. So I think this is unbelievable. If he can make it, if he did all this by himself and he became from a $50 trade guy day so he was making like 50 bucks per day to make him now 10 15k a day or more i think that everybody has to take uh, him as an example and this is what uh, i i feel to do because i know the person i will go to meet him in the states when i when i go in in summer and uh, i like this kind of mentality and positivity that people can have that inner resource that you don't have to be a genius i'm not a genius uh but that spirit will give you the strength to to become a better person, a better trader, whatever you're doing. So I like this. That's, that's an amazing story, and uh, it, it does sound like he's he's got it very rough. And, and, and yeah. paradoxically, um, one of the uh, and I've raised this before in our conversations. One of the things that my my one of my own colleagues, a fellow coach, and I have noticed is actually how many people that go through trauma or experience trauma seem to be more successful at trading. <laughs> it's always like a paradox, but it's, you know, it's, we don't know where this comes from, but my own opinion is that they're a lot more humble um, and they, trading has a place, but it's not everything. They kind of set it aside as something they do, but they know that the world won't bend to their will. You know, there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be um, drawdowns, and, and they can't make the outcome they want happen. And they have to sometimes yeah. step back and and see the bigger picture. And, and suffering trauma and experience trauma, I think, does that. And, and the things that that unsettle many people who have never experienced a trauma, 
do not unsettle them in the same way. And they're more able yeah. to take those in their stride. That's true. It's like when they say the best fighters, because I, I did uh, MMA myself, MMA, like Italian style of it. But the best boxers, the best fighters are the one that had a rough life uh, or like had to earn themselves something uh, or had like uh, maybe bully. They were bullied. So uh, I believe that who has really that hunger to become successful, to make money in life, because maybe it comes from a poor background, um, has maybe that little uh, gear more to, I mean, to, to reach the, the goals, uh, to reach the goals. I think it's about an imprinting that you receive from, uh, from your youth, from your, uh, I would say, first year of education, but also is like an inner uh, spirit that that you can have and um, difficulties will always happen so everybody has problems everybody has health issues everybody has some person that died in the life there's no excuses you want something you have to obtain that thing there's nothing that can stop if you really want it so if like you know they um, they say oh i have this problem this everybody has problems if we would stop at problems i would still like being doing uh, $20 trade, you know, or not even trading. So you have to overcome it because if you don't do it, nobody will come there and hold your hand. Okay. It's interesting you talk about mixed martial arts. There must have been a lot of lessons you get from that because I know a lot of people yeah. have done various martial arts. Even a lot of kicking the ass, buddy. <laughs> Other than the fact you know how to bounce back, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, as I say, you know, I do meet a lot of people with training in martial arts who found it they've taken a lot from that into their trading. You know, what is it that you, yeah. you got from that world? So I was lucky because my, uh, um, maestro, my, my master, his name is Mr. Tsong Wan So. I think now he's the first in the world. He's, he comes from South Korea. He was teaching uh, U.S. Uh, Marines, uh, self-defense in, in the war. Uh, so he is like an old printed, um, discipline guy. Uh, so uh, I was young when I started. So he always took me like, you know, for like for his nephew. And uh, that gave me a lot of discipline. And I think discipline is so important in my, in my work. Uh, surely there will be days that you're out of discipline. Uh, and that's totally normal. Everybody is human. Uh, but that uh, imprint that I had from him was very important. So the trainings, the hard work, uh, not giving up, this helps you really much to, to become, I wouldn't say only a good trader. I mean, like a better person, a better person. So when you know that, uh, you have somebody like him, that is very tough because it was very tough in a good way, uh, makes you, you know, walk straight. <laughs> Okay, that's good to hear. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm sort of thinking we're, we're close to the final 10 minutes of this uh, okay, chat. Okay, I've, I've really enjoyed it, and it's great hearing some of your, your, your perspective. Thank you. um, what is it, you know, if you were to, you know, as an educator, as someone who's been there, been a trader, still trades, still active, but also mentors and helps others, what, for young people, people just starting out, people who are listening to this, what would be your top three pieces of 
advice or recommendation for them? The first thing, study everything around. Um, study everything, starting from uh, Stephen Goldstein. <laughs> no, really, mindset is the most important thing in this job. When you found your strategy, you will see that uh, that missing piece will be mined. The second thing is to start opening a paper trading account uh, with whoever you want uh, and start practicing trading because um, confidence in trading will bring you to your size and confidence comes only from experience. So you have to take thousands of trades before you become good. The third thing is have patience. So you cannot do, you cannot build Rome in one day, how they say. So you cannot become a trader in one day, not even in one month. Uh, so take step by step. Don't put, you know, the goal, I want to make 10 million. No, start with the point that you want to make 100 bucks a day. Once you reach that, we think for the second goal, which would be like 200 or 500, whatever you want. But you cannot get to the, the stock market tomorrow. You come with me or whatever you want. And you say, oh, I'm going to make 5K this month, this end of the year, I want to make at least 200K. No, no, that's a fool. It's like if you say tomorrow, I want to go play in, in uh, Juventus with Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Doesn't really work like that. So take it easy. Take it easy, study, and uh, everything will come if you have the qualities to become a good trader. And what would you say to people, I suppose, as, as a warning sign? What are the three things they need to try and avoid? I, I cannot make names, right, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> so first, follow the fake gurus. Second. Uh, Sorry, was that follow the fake gurus? Do not follow the fake okay, gurus. We, I didn't hear the do, and I was thinking. Do not follow really the fake gurus. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. so try to avoid that. And there's lots of them. Yeah, try to avoid uh, the rooms where we have 2,000, 5,000 people. Yeah. That's the point. Uh, don't believe that uh, money will come overnight. Absolutely. Um, and I would say always, always, and always, always, always put a risk limit on your account. Because each day you can blow up. So never come to the market without having hard stop losses and not a limit dollar risk with your account. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think risk management is something that's lost on uh, nearly every beginner trader. Or, or, or they're not yeah. really aware of it. They think it's just something you just go on the attack. But they forget. And Stephen, what do you think the three things that a trader or a beginner trader shouldn't do uh, for you? What is? For, for, what I shouldn't do? Well, I think... I think the first thing is a lot of them overcommit. You know, they have unrealistic expectations and, and they need to pair that back. It, it, it's hard. It's hard to do it because you're enticed into this. It, it, your eyes are on the money. But for me, it's your eyes should be on learning. Forget earning. You've got to learn. And that learning takes a lot longer than you're ever going to imagine. Um, the second thing is have another income, have another source of income. Or if you've got somebody who can support you whilst you're learning and give you that time to learn and be reasonable with them. You know, you're going to be relying on that person. So don't say, listen, within six months, we'll be I'll be owning an island somewhere in the Caribbean. 
and my Lamborghini is going to be parked outside. I lay that off. Don't even think about that. Put that on the back burner and, and learn, 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 which is coming. You know, so if I said, think about learning before you earn, understand the philosophy of what trading and risk is. It is a highly skilled activity. The people who make it take years to, to do it and they adopt a philosophy. They learn from others. They, they gather bits of information. If you decide you're going to become a mountaineer, you don't start with Mount Everest and you don't expect to climb Mount Everest in the first year. You know, you start with some little foothills locally. You start learning from someone what you're doing. You just don't go out there and do it on your own. And you may learn from several people and you learn to acclimatise to the job. Do reading, read the great books, understand what risk is, understand the nature of risk. It's a beast that's going to kill you if you're not careful. You know, study the great traders. That's one thing I would say, you know, read people like Mark Douglas, read Jack Schrager, Market Wizards, study what people like Paul Tudor Jones did. Learn about these guys. These, as you mentioned, Linda Grashka, she's got a great book out. Read their experiences and stories. Yeah, I, I like I like your three points, definitely. <laughs> Listen, it's been great talking. We're going to wrap it up. Now, you run a little bit of time for you to give yourself a shout out here. What is your business, your chat room? How can people find out about you? Okay, so everybody that needs help, that wants to... Uh, be trained or just join my room where I stream live every single day, stock futures, options, and now even crypto. Uh, just come at smallcaproomjtrader.co uh, as my website. Uh, you can write to me or Steven. I will help you. Any doubts and reach out. Thank you very okay, much. Brilliant. Thank you. And yeah, if anyone wants to uh, contact me to find out more about Jay, just drop me a line. They can DM me at Twitter. Um, or they can just email me info at alpha or cubed. But listen, it's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, could have chatted for a lot longer, but uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your insights. Thank you very much, Stephen. Really a pleasure to be here with you guys and all the audience. Uh, would like to come here maybe like in six months, one year to give oh. you updates. Thank you very much for attending. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for listening today and thank you to this week's guest. You can find more information about our guests on the blog page which we produce for each episode on the Alpha Mind blog. Thank you to our podcast partner, the Society of Technical Analysts, the STA. If you are enjoying our podcasts, you may be interested in our one-to-one -one performance coaching programs for traders and investors. These programs have been delivered to clients over the past 10 years at some of the world's leading investment banks, hedge funds, asset management firms, commodity and energy trading businesses and propriety trading firms, as well as to many serious retail traders. The programs focus on self-optimization of the human aspects of performance and the mindset and mental effectiveness aspects rather than the technical aspects of trading and investment. If you are interested in learning more about these, please email info at alpha-mind.net or go to the page link on the Alpha Mind blog. We would also be delighted if you could leave a rating or review of this podcast with whichever podcast service you use. Ratings and reviews help more people to find out about the Alpha Mind podcast. We now also have a YouTube channel, so you can listen to the podcast on YouTube and we are starting to roll out past episodes of the Alpha Mind podcast on our YouTube channel.
We have also recently started a newsletter. Please go to the Alfmind blog where you can sign up for this. Finally, if you aren't yet following us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Alfamind101 and at Alfamind102. Co-hosts Stephen Goldstein and Mark Randall are both available to connect with you on LinkedIn and we run an Alfamind LinkedIn group with over 15,000 members which you can join. As a reminder, our website is alpha-mind.net and our blog page is alphamindblog.blogspot.com. Thank you once again for listening and have a great week and stay safe.